Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope you are all well, witches. On today's episode, I am joined by the wonderful Sarah Robinson, who you may know from her wonderful witchy books, Kitchen Witch and Yoga for Witches. She is, in fact, one of my favourite authors and witches in the witchy community here in the UK. So, our book review today is Kitchen Witch, Food, Folklore and Fairy Tale by Sarah. Now, I read this book a little while back, but I wanted to save it for when I mustered up the courage to invite Sarah onto the show. Had to gear myself up for it. I sometimes get quite nervous, if I'm honest, when I'm interviewing someone for the podcast. How I love this book. Here is the book's blurb. Welcome to a place of great magic, the kitchen. Within this book, you'll find no recipes, but something cooked up just for you. You'll find stories, stories of magic, healing and half, of feasts and fasts and fairy tales, of poisoned apples, bewitching gingerbreads, and seeing the future in a teacup. Magic, superstition, cooking and food rituals have been intertwined since the beginning of humankind. This book is an exploration of the history and culture of food, folklore and magic. And those skilled in healing and nourishing, herbalists, wise women, cooks, cunning folk and the name many of them would come to bear, witch. Kitchen Witch is an invitation to see the magic in every corner of your kitchen, to remember the superstitions about fairies who like butter, to watch the fruits of each season ripen, to see the healing potential in herbs and plants. With the Kitchen Witch as our guide, we'll explore food, nature, magic and transformation. We'll discover what the name of Kitchen Witch could mean to us, in modern interpretations of ancient practices. May this book of stories and ideas show that there's magic in the mundane, witchcraft within your walls, and the goddess really is in the details. If you consider yourself a kitchen witch, you will adore this book, but I think most witches will. It's such a wonderful compendium of all things kitchen related. This book contains information on the history of the kitchen witch, the cauldron, household gods and spirits, 
food in folklore and fairy tale, food magic, food medicine, herbalism, spice magic, food in ritual and celebration, and food in the Sabbaths. My favourite bits had to be all the research relating to fairy tales and folklore, but also the section on alewives, which is a fascinating topic. We actually covered this over in the Witches Institute on Patreon. The alewives were very much the reason of why witches are depicted with their broom, hat and cat. I also adored the section on beer goddesses. These two parts of the book really surprised me at how the production of beer and ales started out being so female-led. In the fairy tales of the book, we hear all about Baba Yaga, Hansel and Gretel, a Russian fairy tale called The Silver Saucer and the Red Apple, The Princess and the Pea, Rapunzel, one of my favourites called A Pancake Fairy Tale, which is based on a story called A Witch Burnt, originating from the Netherlands, The Fairy Queen's Wisdom, and many more. And of course, they all relate to food in some form. I love all the pictures that are peppered throughout this book. The cover is absolutely gorgeous. Again, another cottagecore witchy type imagery that runs throughout the book. Sarah has managed to create a kitchen witchery book that is more than just spells and recipes. There actually aren't any recipes in this book and I didn't realise that until I read the blurb. There was so much else in there. She outlines the sacred origins of cooking. And in my opinion, this is one of those books that goes a long way in ensuring that lots of wonderful old information and lore is kept alive to stand the test of time. No stone is really left unturned in this book. And you can see that there is a huge passion and love for this subject in Sarah's writing. I mentioned last week how Julia's book is a book that now lives permanently on my altar, but I also have a kitchen altar and I have decided that this book really should live on there for when I work through the wheel of the year as each Sabbath is looked in in the second section of the book. If you've ever listened to any of Sarah's amazing meditations on Insight Timer or YouTube, you'll know that she has a very whimsical, beautiful way of retelling stories, which she does perfectly throughout the book. Her factual writing, though, is superb too. There are lots of good references to sources in this book. I can tell she really, really went deep on research for this. And I say that as someone who has researched and tried to look at a lot of the same topics in relation to kitchen witchery for my own writing and for the podcast. This book turned up a lot of areas that I haven't really been able to uncover anywhere else. And I've used a lot of this information for different things we've looked at on the podcast, but also on Patreon for any sort of content relating to kitchen, witchcraft and, you know, half craft. Talking about this book after having a gap in reading it, it definitely makes me want to reread it. 
I'm not shy in saying this. This is the best book that I've ever read on kitchen witchery. I cannot recommend this enough. I referenced the Our Wives and Beer Goddesses. I've also covered other areas of kitchen witchery on Patreon. So if you would like to join us in Patreon, it's just £6 per month to access grimoire sheets for episodes of the White Witch podcast. We have a folklore, witching history or ghost story that we tell each month. There's a Patreon podcast Four hedge witch studies a month looking at a tree, crystal, power animal or a plant. We have a monthly gathering or workshop and you can also read along with us if you choose in the Literary Witches Coven, our book club, where we read a fiction or non-fiction book. If you sign up for Patreon, you're also supporting me in keeping the podcast alive and any work that I do going forward, because let's be honest, podcast hosting pays literally nothing. So if you do sign up, honestly, I hope that all the content will really help you in your craft. But it is a huge part of what keeps me being able to do this. There's literally no way I could survive podcasting alone. But yes, I hope if you do sign up, I'm really confident that there is a ton of content that you can access and use. And of course, you can also cancel Patreon at any time. It's really simple to do. I'll put a link in the show notes for Patreon. So I'm more than excited to say, join me after the break to talk with Sarah Robinson, the author of Kitchen Witch and Yoga for Witches. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Welcome back. I am here with the wonderful Sarah Robinson, author and yoga teacher based in Bath in the UK. Sarah is fascinated by folk magic and fairy tales. Her books, Kitchen Witch, which we've reviewed on the podcast today, I absolutely love it, and the upcoming Kitchen Witch Companion that's going to be released later on this year, explore the history of food, magic, and the power of story. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. It is, a, it is an honor to be part of the White Witch community. <laughs> 
Oh, it's, I was just saying to you, uh, obviously, before we picked up on the, you know, coming onto the podcast episode, it's so lovely to hear your voice. And it's so also strange because I listen to your meditations and your stories all the time and it'd be to send me off into dreamland. <laughs> it's just really kind of nice to hear you on, you know, on, on, on the podcast. It's very strange. It's very different for me, but lovely. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's it's lovely that uh, you've joined me on, on many other things. But uh, yeah, I have my kind of meditation calm voice. And then this is kind of just my normal drinking coffee in the morning voice. But uh, it's always fun. Always fun to connect. Absolutely. No, I can relate. I can relate. So starting off with the, the most one of the one of the most important questions. How and when did you come to the craft? It's a good one. I was kind of thinking about it. Um, as I said to uh, to Carly before we started recording, I love it when podcasts send me the questions beforehand because I just get a chance to kind of ruminate on these questions. But um, really, the craft has been part of my life in in different forms since I was pretty small. So I was seven when I started going to uh, this pagan kids club in in Portsmouth, in my the place I was born. Um, and I went to lots of folk events. A lot of my family are from the West Country, so. <laughs> folk events are just what we do here in the west country yeah. you know, we're always we're always wassailing apple trees and kind of you know having folk folk festivals and things so it was kind of just really part of my upbringing this kind of humming background of, of folk magic and and just kind of a whisper of the old ways was kind of there um not that I realized it at the time when I was growing up but it was kind of just always mm. kind of present and now it's become more um, my, my passion, I suppose. My passion in writing, there's a real element of kind of remembering or re-remembering past things that I've done and my family and kind of ancestors and, and, and covering the history and magic of the West Country that is now my home. And it's kind of where all my family are from, so I can kind of consider it more my home. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, so the pathway's been long and winding, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but the craft's been there kind of hovering in the background the whole time, which has been very lovely. I know what you mean about the West Country. My grandma and all her family all from like Bristol and around that area. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, it, it just, there were always things that they always said and you know came up would would sort of refer to and it wasn't until I was older I was like oh that's very witchy so yeah I know what you mean but yeah particularly where you are um no I love this and it's funny because obviously most witches that we do have on the podcast a lot will say the same it started really early but we haven't always realized it's you know it's there same for me absolutely same for me so sorry (laughs) (laughs) sorry I was just gonna say it's quite nice a lot of it it's nice to come to it when you're a kid because you're not particularly fussed about particular rules or anything you're just kind of you know you're just in it and you're just enjoying it and that's a really nice way to to come to it I think so absolutely I feel like I should have had a clue with like my upbringing when my mum had about three I, I kid you not three million green men statues like around the garden and the house I'm like what part of this like did you not realize like how did you not realize there was something going on here I love it it's so (laughs) I mean it's very it's very here in the west country as well I literally have three in my garden and it's just maybe it's part of being an adult you need to have a garden and a few green men floating around just kind of watch over things yeah (laughs) absolutely absolutely (laughs) so 
really excited to talk about this book with you. We reviewed your book, Kitchen Witch, at the beginning of this episode today. So, uh, oh, could you please give us some insight into Kitchen Witchery that you love and bits that you apply within your own craft? Uh, thank you for reviewing the book. That's lovely. I really appreciate it. Um, um, my favourite Kitchen Witchery is like all my favorite things just very simple that's that's mm. how I roll so every morning I'll crush a cardamom pod into my coffee and whenever I'm baking cookies I sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon in and it's just a lovely thing to add these little magical and kind of mindful flourishes to my mm -hmm. time in the kitchen um and the same goes for the stories as well and the kind of the myths just kind of just knowing those stories and kind of uh, revisiting them is, is quite a simple thing, but it just brings this extra layer of kind of magic, an extra kind of hand on your shoulder when you're in the kitchen, which I think is lovely. So, you know, simplicity. I'm all about simplicity when it comes to magic in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, I absolutely feel you on that as well. I'm very unlike to get into get into the kind of big high magic and ritual in all aspects kitchen witchery and you know just general kind of I don't know ritual anyway and, and everyday things and I'm very much like the little things and and that kind of keeps me consistent and able to you know connect with my craft so I very much I very much get that I'm gonna try the cardamom pod in my coffee though that's definitely something I'm gonna have to try it's oh, <laughs> mwah, a little chef's kiss here mwah, it's gorgeous it's gorgeous I love it I'm a real cardamom fan so um and in baking as well it's really lovely so uh, if it, yeah if anyone wants to try that you know but, uh, yeah have, I'll give yeah, it my blessing <laughs> You touched on that just then, and one of my favourite aspects of your work oh, like, is how you retell folklore and fairy tales throughout this book and your meditation, just lots of the work that I've read of yours. I consistently listen to you on the app Insight Timer, as I've said. So what were some of your favourite folklore and fairy tale finds when it came to researching and writing Kitchen Witch? Uh Oh, it's a good question. It's a good question. So uh, thank you so much for joining me on Insight Timer. I, I love it as a platform and it's a real great way of me to kind of just, uh, when I've got a little story I want to share, it's like, this is perfect. Um, <laughs> so um, I've told quite a few of my favorite things. <laughs> Insight Timer is, shouldn't I? Because some of our listeners might, listeners might have not been on it, but it it's a wonderful meditation. Oh, it's got all manner of things on there, but it's, you know, you've got um you've got a three and a sort of paid for. So I've I've used both um sides of the app. But there are just thousands of wonderful meditations on there. And you've got some great ones, haven't you? Like you've got stories and goddess journeys, and you've got different Sabbath ones. And I mean, there's this like there's so many witchy ones on there that are wonderful. Um yeah, sorry, Sarah, just to cut you in there, but I was just going to say some of our listeners might not have listened to it, and you're right, it's a really good platform, and you've, you've done some great work on there. Absolutely. Insight Time is a lovely free app, and there's just, there are hundreds of free meditations on there for any, any theme you're looking for, you know, new moon, zodiac, goddesses, witchcraft, you know, just anything you're looking for, you can find it there mm. on the Insight Time app. So it's beautiful, and then there are... <clears throat> there are kind of more involved courses and things that you can do so yeah if anyone isn't familiar with the insight timer app it is it is a lovely platform um and i personally have loved being able to share some of the fairy stories and folk tales that i found um 
and actually a few of them that kind of didn't make it into Kitchen Witch. So there's there's one I was particularly fond of uh, on the app. I've, uh, I read it. It's called um, Sweet Fortune. And it's yeah. drawn from the, the old Italian fairy tale where there's this very unlucky girl and she hunts out this kind of raggedy, cantankerous old witch woman who is the embodiment of her luck. And this woman's, you know, furious and, and angry. And, and the, the girl forcibly sort of scrubs her up puts her in a lovely dress and feeds her sweet cake and this kind of sweetens her fortune and she has better luck after that and it's just such a fabulous tale of kind of literally seizing your own destiny and and the power yeah. of cake as well so you know what what a good sweet cake can do um and then how those little kind of magical elements weave together which is really part of how I love journeying through researching the book you know we we see the power of cake in a fairy tale such as sweet fortune and then we see in, you know, the ancient Greek myths, how Psyche offered up a honey cake to Cerberus to gain access to the underworld. And then in history, cakes were used as offerings as deities, uh, <clears throat> for deities, because um, they were these, you know, treasured and high value food. So that kind of seeing, you know, cakes, I mean, you know, you could pick any food stuff, but cake is obviously particularly appealing. But you can you can see how cake features in all these different elements of fairy tale, folk tale, history. And how valued it was within that. So it, it's great fun to kind of follow, to follow the cakes and ale through the stories. <laughs> oh, I love this. It's so true as well, because, I'm, well, I don't feel so bad now for cake being a very prime part of my life. But um, I was going to say, I was, <laughs> you touched, you just said, mentioned about that. I loved the sections in your book, lots of them, obviously, but the real um, eye-opening bits for me that I had struggled to find quite you know information on in any other mm. books really were the ale wives and the beer goddesses that was really fascinating for me I had no idea how predominant it was a female industry how mm-hmm. we had like the depiction, mm-hmm. of the, the, the depiction of the witch as well like how you know where we get the idea of us with the cat and the broom and the hat and you know anyone who hasn't read this book needs to read that section because it was so fascinating and um yeah I know you've you know this the reason I love this book is because there is so much information in there that I haven't found in any other kitchen because I you know I do love a kitchen witch book but so I haven't found any other kitchen witch book it goes really deep but then it's like peppered throughout with all these lovely tales and you know I'm a I'm a folklore fairy tale lover anyway so I just love how it's all woven together and it's just beautiful thank you so much it's uh it was lovely to kind of explore kitchen witchery in in a different sort of way I think for me because there were there are lots of gorgeous kind of kitchen witch recipe books out there, but yeah. I really wanted to, I wanted to dive into the, the history of kind of how we, how we in the past have really treasured, treasured and valued food as something very sacred. And obviously the, the kind of the beer goddesses kind of touch on that kind of any, any food stuff has, you know, kind of this interesting rich history, but especially things like, um, like cakes and ale again um so it's beautiful to follow that through and the kind of how it kind of all began with women stirring pots and cauldrons whether it was you know it was beer or or soups or healing tinctures of herbs so it was it was beautiful to go back to the beginning and kind of follow the threads through to 
this kind of modern idea of what we call the kitchen witch. So that you know the name is quite modern, but the the rich history of food magic is you know many fold and gorgeous, and it's lovely to kind of wander through just I mean just a little bit I mean I just touched on just the briefest of uh, magical moments and kind of my favorite bits but it was just such a vast area it was really lovely to to bring some of those stories forward like you say the the alewives and some of the wonderful beer goddesses um Ninkazi and the um mm-hmm. the, the wave maidens of Norse mythology you know it's beautiful to bring that up because I think these are stories that a lot of people haven't heard or uh, are not quite as well known as some of as some of the uh, other. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I mean, no, just, no, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> even just, I'm just thinking, you know, beer. I mean, we just we just equate it with men now, don't we? And it's just so funny because it's kind of back back once upon a time it was all women they were doing because it was it was just part of the half craft and part of being in the kitchen. Uh, so all these things that started with women. Some some things got taken over. A lot of things got taken over, but um, knowledge is key to claiming it back. I think so. It's lovely to share those stories and just remind ourselves that uh, it started with a woman and a cauldron and a black cat, and uh, it can come back there too. So, <laughs> absolutely, and isn't it wonderful? I think the book showcases how give us the cauldron, give us you know, I don't know, like just basics and women throughout history we've always managed to men have definitely had you know I'm I'm not trying to kind of but in the book it shows you like what we've created and and obviously with the our wives side of things you know you see how like the patriarchy steps in and takes over and and you're right I had no idea how Mm. how it was you know predominantly started and and run by women and all the medicinal side of it with like how Mm their herb knowledge you know went into that ale and there was you know it was just fascinating and um I just 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 had no idea of how much it really kind of started out the witch hunts and and all of that side of things and how it was you know taken over and and so heavily kind of monetized there on you know by the patriarchy and and so on but yeah it was just so insightful I mean I, I learned a lot from this book so you are a woman of many talents <laughs> and um and I'm really excited to because you've just released haven't you your new book Enchanted Journeys um well done congratulations Thank that you. <laughs> features some of the meditation journeys that you have on Insight Timer and YouTube and so on from the many meditations that you've created over the last like well I read that it was like over the last 10 years which is yeah amazing so what is your as someone that could use some tips what is your personal meditation practice like as somebody who you know obviously you do a lot of work in this field um I know you are a yoga teacher and so on do you have any like tips or insight that you could give us which is perhaps in regards to how you see the importance of meditation practice its benefits and so on yeah so thank you uh for sharing enchanted journeys um I mean, obviously, I've made no secret of the fact through my other books that uh, I feel that meditation and, and things like yoga can be a beautiful, supportive tool for our magic work. Um, and so Enchanted Journeys uh, that came out at the beginning of this month, I think, um, it's a resource of meditation scripts. And, you know, in it, I talk about how meditation is it's such a powerful tool and we kind of see it through 
just all cultures have something like uh, yogic meditation, prayer, contemplative practices, uh, you know, shamanic work, Buddhist practices. So it's kind of every culture has this this way of of seeking connection and um, which is beautiful. But also sometimes I think we we feel that we can get bogged down in kind of the right and the wrong way to meditate or think that there is a right and a wrong way. And I would certainly say as kind of a tip it, for your personal practice, like outside of kind of specific religions, you can actually you can absolutely make it um, unique to you. So it's a good idea sometimes just to let go of what you think meditation should be, you know, you know, sat on your your little meditation pillow, you're in lotus position, you've got your your mala beads, you're looking very calm, very Instagram worthy. And <laughs> it's a good yeah. idea to just let all of that go. Um, and often my meditation practice is, you know, first thing in the morning, I'll just sit up in bed. Maybe I've got a coffee in my hands and I'll just take a moment to, to breathe, um, to maybe kind of notice the sensations around me. Um, I also love walking meditation, so through my local woodlands and, and fields and things, or just whatever, a small patch of grass, a garden, a balcony. Um, it's all part of that mindful focus of meditation and fantastic for anyone who ever feels kind of stressed or overwhelmed, which is a lot of us. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the world is overwhelming at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> so um yeah exploring how you can make it work for you and letting go of what you think it should be I think is, is a really good way to to make meditation to make meditation a tool that works for you and not just something that you kind of feel that you have to do in a certain way I think that's that's always useful to remember absolutely and again it's coming back to that keeping it simple isn't it and tailoring it to how it's going to work for you and I think sometimes, even myself included, you're very right. It's like we have that whole aesthetic and idea in our minds and it puts mm. us off sitting down for a couple of minutes and just having some time to be mindful or like you say, just, yeah, the concept of just going out on a walk and doing it. So I, I feel so, when I actually do, you know, keep on top of my, well, I'm, that's me putting too much pressure on myself. But <laughs> yeah, like you, I, I've kind of gone from... <clears throat> sitting in front of my altar with three million candles burning and in the lotus position you know really really like mm. struggling forcing myself to now sitting up in bed and just listening to some nice calming sort of meditation music and, and just being a bit more calmer and nicer to myself and hearing you say that as somebody that works and you know does this within the work you do it's, it's kind of made me think yeah you're doing all right <laughs> you are doing all right that is absolutely it you're doing all right my loves (laughs) (laughs) oh so talking on meditations Mm -hmm. so and actually just some of the work well within this book and and, you know different aspects of your work that I've seen a lot of your work has reference to the goddesses so Mm -hmm. I particularly love the meditations you have for the Morrigan and Hecate um I work with both of them so I have listened to those frequently but do you have any deities that perhaps you work or align with as a result of the research that you've carried out within your work? And I don't know if so, how do you like to work with them? I think uh, on the journey of Kitchen Witch, one of the kind of little uh, stories, histories that really spoke to me was um, 
the the ancient Greek practice of Hecate's supper. I thought that was so yes. lovely, and I was really taken in when I kind of read this. I was like, God, this is beautiful, and I loved the. Um, for those of you who haven't read the book, um, in ancient Greece, at the end of every lunar month, there would be sort of a three day period where the household would have a big kind of clean away, a big tidy up, um, and then offerings would be placed to Hecate with sort of um, a chance to kind of let go or offer up anything to seek forgiveness for. So if you feel that you'd uh, wronged Hecate or the goddesses in any way, this was a chance to sort of, to offer your apologies. Uh, yeah. so kind of a, a cleaning away, a setting up of an altar and then kind of stepping into the new month afresh. And I thought that was such a beautiful way to, to honor the, the lunar month. So certainly that story really spoke to me and uh, I'm always quite fond of kind of following the lunar cycles. And um, yeah, it was it was lovely to read that story because I think uh, we still do follow the moon and lunar cycles or, you know, those of us kind of walking that path do. Um, so finding ways that our ancestors once did something very similar is lovely. Um, yeah. And the practice of uh, Hecate supper is a really lovely one that I know some people really enjoy. So that one was... Uh, that one just kind of leapt out of me as one that I really, I really loved and kind of, um, kind of just stuck with me, I suppose. And it kind of intertwines that like kitchen witchery, the house witchery side of it and, you know, some lunar magic in there. It's got all the little elements and I love that. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think, and it's wonderful, isn't it? Because if you kind of work um, with the moon and you do sort of integrate that into perhaps any sort of house witchy things or kitchen witchy things um you've almost got that reset every month and I, I always love those bits about the craft it's like a little fresh slate and you know applying it to to different areas that really do affect us you know our our physical um environment the food we eat you know if we can do anything with those it, it has such a effect on us spiritually and yeah I'm, I'm very much a you know fan of um kitchen witchery and, and house witchery because of the direct benefits that you know it has on us yeah absolutely and I think um when we're looking at these kind of much older practices these ancient practices we see so much more that um just work with magic work with deities was very much it was just day-to-day -day life it was almost mundane yeah. you know it was just it was just part of of life and that is lovely but also kind of in a way sad that we've many of us have lost that kind of idea that magic is simply part of day-to-day of -day life and it it doesn't have to be super elaborate it can just be part of our our days which is lovely and it's, it's useful to be reminded of that that once it was just so simple it was just part of life and it was just part of as easy uh and as mundane as kind of tidying tidying the floors and, and uh lighting a few candles so it's nice to nice to journey through that yeah, and I think that's exactly what I was trying to say. Like, you're right. I think it's just now as I've kind of, um, you know, the, the, the longer, I, I suppose, the more I've been sort of working on my craft, I'm, I feel like I'm working less on it, if that makes sense, because mm. I'm just doing things. So I guess the aspects for me, and you probably can relate with your work, is, you know, I'll kind of have kitchen witch practice, house witch practices, because, mm -hmm. and also elements within um, mindfulness that will kind of relate to, and I'm going to kind of get into this as well, like exercise and so on, just little witchy things that I do that just purely apply to my everyday life now, whereas before I was very much like, get all the candles out, oh, magic. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> 
get my black cloak on, cast my huge circle. And, you know, years ago, that was kind of very much me. And now I'm just mm. like, it's all very simple. And it just fits into everyday stuff. It goes under the radar. It's just, you know, very small magic, but, but just consistent and works for me. So, yes. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, so another, perfect. It's... <laughs> That was kind of what I was going to get into another aspect of this, because I know another element of your work is as a yoga teacher. And we did review Yoga for Witches on the podcast before. Love that book. One discovery. And you really kind of went into this in the book, but I did want to ask you on this. Mm. I've made exercise a huge part of my life um, in recent months and, you know, really find it benefits and enhances my spiritual and like witchy practice in huge huge ways mm. it's affected and, and helped everything really but can you talk to us from your perspective of the sort of spiritual and physical benefits of your yoga practice and you know when you're teaching people and so on how it mm. weaves into and perhaps maybe benefits your craft and spirituality yeah absolutely um so yeah the to put it under a big umbrella, I suppose, the practices of yoga and meditation are all about finding kind of a certain stillness and focus, which is just, it's invaluable to our magical practice, whatever that may be for us. Um, yeah. And, you know, movement of physical yoga, sana can uh, prepare us for ritual, but it can also be part of it as well. So yeah. um, salutations to the sun or the moon, um, and the same for meditation, it can be kind of preparation for something else. So a ritual of manifestation, for example, or it can be the ritual itself. So it's that kind of weaving it all together was part of my intention for Yoga for Witches and a kind of uh, a union of kind of my heritage from the West with this mm -hmm. practice mm -hmm. of the East and kind of how they can support each other, whatever it is we're doing. So finding a sense of kind of focus and stillness whether we are moving through yoga movements, whether we're kind of lifting heavy weights, whether we're, you know, running, it's kind of, it can be beautiful to bring just a little bit of that sense of stillness, strength, grounding. So they could, they could be woven together so beautifully. It was such a, <laughs> I, I made an attempt to summarize that magic in yoga for witches. Uh, sometimes I worry, I look back like, did I, did I do it well enough? I don't know. But, <laughs> no, uh... <laughs> It's, it's quite a simple question of like sorry let me rephrase that I'm asking that that question because I really want I, I really appreciate your take on it because what I don't know about you but and actually I know you've always been you know you, you've been your you know physical person you've been you know been doing the yoga and so on and I'm waffling now but what I was trying to say is I think sometimes one of the reasons I really kind of came to exercise and what I'm trying mm. to sort of express I guess to our listeners is I find that with my witchy practice sometimes you can get so stuck in your mind and mm. the physical aspect I used to never kind of contemplate how that would really benefit my practice I was so stuck in my mind and books and journeying and meditating I was kind of detached from my body and mm coming into your body and like you say like working through these movements and connecting the mindfulness and you know they really do like just bring you all together I think in body and mind and I just think 
when you're not doing it and I, I really feel like a nag like I'm sort of like yeah just get out there go for a walk but I just think it was such a game changer for me and so like wow it's all kind of come together and I feel like I'm on this different like buzzy vibration as a result of sort of balancing or trying to balance out the two that's beautiful yeah I mean physically bringing your body into your practice I mean it you know yeah once you're there doing it I suppose it sounds so obvious but um but yes it's it's bringing your whole self your your mind your heart your spirit and your physical body to to this as a as ritual in ritual mm -hmm. uh so yeah fantastic so that's that's beautiful that's great and you kind of find because I used to do yoga quite a way back I'm not very good at it at all I wobble about but I do you know I can do it but you find yourself and I do this when I've sort of got like huge weights in my arms and I'm about to lift them up just contemplating mm. my life choices you just have these thoughts <laughs> and it's like usually like why am I trying to lift this stupidly heavy weight but you know when you're in a yoga position or in the midst of you know doing like lifting a weight or whatever exercise you are doing there's so many kind of ideas and things that I find flow through or sometimes I just sit there zoning out like a zombie because I'm just you know mm. so like in in that that sort of flow you know but it's just really um yeah I just feel like you know if like you know a lot of us do really get stuck in our minds and I just really feel like if you can kind of do a little a little bit of activity or anything it just really does change things for you I think but um I'm gonna stop waxing lyrical about exercise it's just been a massive it's been a huge change for me um if I'd love to hear, because I did touch on it at the beginning of the podcast episode about mm -hmm. your new book. So can you give us some insights into your new book, when that's coming out, but also any other projects that you might be working on currently that we should look out for? Yes. So the Classic. next book, <laughs> the next book now that's coming out after Enchanted Journeys is Drumroll, The Kitchen yes. Witch Companion. So it's a second Kitchen Witch book because there was so much magic. We couldn't fit it into one book. Um, oh, it's exciting. It's super exciting. And um, so the Kitchen Witch Companion is coming out in autumn this year and it is a collaboration with me and the wonderful Lucy H. Pierce. So I'm totally honoured. Oh, oh, oh. I know, I know. <laughs> I was not expecting that. That's wonderful. I love her work. That is really, yeah, you two are gonna that's the powerhouse of two authors right there. That's exciting. <laughs> we are we are excited very and it's it's me and Lucy but it's also a lot of other voices as well so we've really reached out into the community and got stories of recipes of herbs of healing from other people and we've kind of collated it all together in a very rich book of recipes of stories of reflections um so it's going to be it's going to be pretty it's going to be pretty special you know how I love the kitchen witch so I'm very excited oh, about that <laughs> I can hear the passion in your voice when you're talking about what's in it like I can feel that like the the passion in that definitely that's so exciting I love that and I'll definitely yeah be looking out for that one but yeah that sounds like a real powerhouse of and I think, yeah, we, I mean, I'm really excited to read more. I wasn't sure because I, I, I had heard the title, but I'm excited to hear that it's going to be more kitchen witchery. Yeah, I mean, I, I told you before we started recording that uh, I try not to have favourites with my books, but I've got to say there's something about the kitchen witch that just, you know, there's a sumptuousness to it that I just, I find utterly enchanting. So I'm very, 
very excited, I'm very overexcited, but that's fine. It's, it's okay to be overexcited, I think. So we, and actually I spoke to quite a few of my other like witchy patrons and, and witchy friends and so on. And they've also been waxing lyrical about this book. So yeah, we, we, were, we are all excited to receive this, Sarah. Thank Yay. you. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've touched on obviously, you know, ritual and so on for you, but I always like to ask people on the podcast, what music do you integrate perhaps when you are writing or into any ritual work that you're doing that you feel is like particularly magical and so on? So for when I'm writing, I don't know if this is going to sound very, very dull, but what I love when I'm writing is the kind of those ambient soundscapes on YouTube, you know, like the crackling fires and the kind of the woodland brooks and things. Um, so I love those. I love them. I think I don't know if it's 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 a female thing or just the people I hang out with. It's probably just the people I hang out with, but we love them. So if yeah. I'm getting into the vibe of sort of like, a, you know, a, an ancient medieval tavern with a crackling fire and steaming brews I can just find it on YouTube and then I've got it in the background and I just I'm feeling it and so <laughs> so I love I really do love them and I think they're just beautiful they're very calming um and they just help me kind of get into the to the vibe a little bit um and obviously they're kind of very gentle background noise it's not kind of too distracting if I'm reading through and editing and doing all that kind of dull uh intense work <laughs> kind of the uh the editing process not dull that's not the right word I take that back no, but, uh, no. you know <laughs> it's 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 <laughs> have you seen Sorry. the one with the cat in the witch's kitchen because I was thinking I bet you would love that one it's like a yeah, nighttime I mean, yeah. one and a daytime one of the yeah. cat in the kitchen and all the witchy bits around it and it I, I I that's like my regular one but I know what you mean they're so beautiful and they're just so comforting in the background so I I also listen to those yeah <laughs> I've actually I've seen kind of a kind of an uptick of the kind of the witchy themed ones I think there's a real kind of people are loving the kind of yeah the witch's kitchen the witch's garden I think there's a uh, people are really enjoying those uh, at the moment so I've definitely seen more of them around and uh, yeah anything with a cat in I'm, I'm down with that so <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I love it I love it so obviously Sarah we can find I'll put all the links into the show notes for where you can find Sarah because you're on Instagram at yoga for witches aren't you and your website is sentiayoga.com but I will put mm -hmm. everything into the show notes so everybody can find you um you please like you've got to listen to Sarah's meditations and stories they are so adorable they're just so comforting <laughs> and lovely um Sarah thank you so much for coming on to the show you have no idea how honored I've wanted you to come on for so long and I've been bracing myself gearing myself up to have you on because it's kind of you know something I um yeah I was a little bit nervous about you know if, if, you, if you kind of I've read all your stuff listened to oh. you know all your meditations <laughs> just yeah I've wanted you to come on for a long time I feel so honored that you did so thank you you and, and thank you for inviting me it's been an honor to be a little part of the the podcast and uh, and i'm a big fan of the white witch podcast so i mean it's uh, it's a real honor to be part of it <laughs> Thank you. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.